Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Jake, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Randy? I am doing fabulous because, as you know, I am actually in your neck of the woods right now, and we got to have a fabulous jam yesterday, didn't we? We had an amazing jam. Oh, my God. The wind was like 12 miles an hour. It was coming in off the water perfect, and the, almost nobody at the park. We had the whole place to ourselves. And I don't know. It took about 15 minutes, and I was spent. <laughs> Yes, me too. And luckily, we had Lori Daniels join us as well to give us that nice threesome energy. So that was really awesome. And I'm so psyched that I'll be here for a while to get to do that with both of you. Yes, we're psyched too. And in fact, um, speaking of Lori Daniels, we have her joining us on the call today. So we wanted to kind of reflect back. So a couple of episodes ago, we called out three rising male jammer stars. And uh, we wanted to do the same thing for the female side of the house. And so we thought we'd bring in Lori Daniels as a as a guest to uh, call out three women jammers who are up and coming stars. Hey, Laurie, welcome to the call. Thank you. And aloha to both of you. And I'm still exhausted from yesterday's jam, but I'm fired up for uh, future opportunities. I mean, identifying three women to call out up of rising stars. I mean, I have a list that's far larger than three people, but I guess if I had to choose, which is not easy, I would have to choose three people that I felt really uh, stood out, especially because all three of them uh, performed at the World Urban Games in 2019 in Budapest. I really got to get a chance to know them. And uh, the first one I'm going to call out to is Poland's Marisha Krajewska. Uh, She is just dynamic uh, and beautiful to watch. And for somebody who, during the World Urban Games, had only been playing like about a year or so, she really held it together, had so much composure uh, during the competition and and actually uh, handedly beat me during our one-on-one battle uh, during one of the second days of the World Urban Games. The second person I want to call out to is Maxine Mittenberger from Rovereto, Italy. Boy, howdy. She is really impressive to watch. She is such a pro when you're watching her play um, and her her grace and beauty as she's playing with her partners is just something to really step back and, and enjoy. And then the third person has to be Benedict Outit from Canada. Um, also, just a, a phenomenal player, uh, really has so much composure, grace and beauty, and, and does some very difficult moves. And is just an overall wonderful individual. Actually, all three of them are really enjoyable. If either of you want to know, or if any of your listeners want to know, uh, Char Powell started a Women of Freestyle Facebook page, and anybody can become members and be able to watch some of the up-and-coming women jammers uh, throughout the world. And it's going to be fabulous because this is where my list came from, and I have a list of far more than three, but you can see great footage of of a lot of these up-and-coming women from all all sites in the world um, posting videos, and it's really fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a great a great shout out to that, Lori. And also, uh, your three rising stars are certainly ones to be on the lookout for. Well, I want to get in on this act too. I'm going to call out a couple of women from Medellin. 
Uh, the first one is Paula Garcia. She was also at World Urban Games, and um, she has a really strong game. She has a lot of style, and it was just great to watch her play. And then the other one is Monica Ruiz, who uh, was the only female to play in City versus City. And uh, you could see from some of the videos that she was picking up skills, and then when she got into that competition, man, she was on fire. So it was really great to see her play as well. And with that, who do we have on the docket for this episode, Randy? Well, thank you, Jake. That is a very nice segue. So today we are going to continue our conversation with Amy Schiller, and she's going to talk more about her partnership with her partner in life and on the jam field, Dave Schiller. So enjoy. So I want to circle us back to your freestyle partnership with Dave now. When you partnered with Stacy, you were a really new player, and she sort of took you under her wing and was tutoring you. Now, by the time you meet up with Dave and start playing, you're a seasoned player. You've got championships under your belt. You know what you're doing. So how did the partnership work out with Dave in terms of routine building and choreography and preparation for competition? Well, Dave and I learned over time to do our approach very structured for routine building because what we would always start with is um, a set of ideas that we would want to use, um, build it out to a set of moves that we could do together, develop that into co-ops. And then, of course, you know, somewhat separate but simultaneously vetting through different, uh, different songs. Once we would determine the music we wanted to use, we would divvy that music into pieces, you know. So it's like you have a whole kind of shot list, if you will, the break, the breaks in the song and where you want to start and how long these different pieces are. And knowing that, you know, a co-op is like a, can range from just a few seconds to maybe 15 seconds kind of thing. Then, you know, applying the moves that we've been building into the music. So that's how we were able to build out routines. And, you know, what happens is over time, like there's certain moves, like, you know, our lift um, that, you know, become pretty systematic. So for that particular co-op, we wouldn't change it drastically, but we might move it to a different location in the routine or the holding hand sequence. Those were three different co-ops, but they, they kind of had to, you kind of had to pack them together because of how they would flow. Um does that answer your question for how we would approach it? Yeah, definitely. But one thing I noticed you mentioned is that it uh, you learned to do that over time. So when you first started playing together, was it different? And, and what, what caused you to, to learn? Arguments. <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was going to be my question. It's like, you know, it's not always a smooth line building routines, regardless whether it's your partner, your life partner or not. So that was going to be my question. So like, how do you resolve differences during that creative process, building a routine? I'm curious what your approach is to that. I, I want to say one thing about freestyle is that it, it has taught me a lot because I think I was a real hothead in my younger years. And, you know, if you play freestyle like that, which I did for years, it's really painful. <laughs> so freestyle, I, I think, has helped to, um, you know, along with meditation and yoga, has helped to calm me down. Um, you know, I, I don't know how we resolved our 
our differences. I guess, you know, that's part of the magic of having a really good partner is that, you know, there aren't that many. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's why we um, are still married now and a 19 year old son as well. I, I can't even, I don't even know how long we've been married. I do know Brady's 19. Were you married before or after Brady? <laughs> before. <laughs> well, we know it's 19. So it's at least. Okay. Nine. So we're, we've been, we've been married for 21 years. So what I wanted to say about routine building is that, you know, if you are in a partnership where you, all you have is differences, then maybe that's not a great partnership for you to be in. And that's not to say that we didn't, you know, have arguments and impasses and, you know, it's hard building, building these freestyle routines can be, um, can be really grueling, but because we became, learned to become systematic with it, um, you know, like we would never go out, like in the beginning, maybe we would, we'd go to the field with nothing, but by the time we became more seasoned, we would be like, two thirds of the way there by the time we actually walk out onto a field to try stuff. And that's what happens, you know, after 21 years of marriage. One of the things I wanted to ask that question about resolving differences is that I think when you have a long-term freestyle partnership like that, there's something about the familiarity that allows you maybe more freedom to be pissy. I think when you play with somebody new, like a one-off, there seems to be a lot more forgiveness out of the gate than when you play with somebody for a long time. There can sometimes be that intolerance that happens through familiarity. That doesn't mean that you're not a good partnership. It just means that for some reason that newness is easier to navigate than, you know, a long time partnership sometimes. Yeah, I can see that, but it's also not as enriching to jump around. I mean, if you look at that in any other path that your life holds, such as like love relationships, you'd realize that, you know, it's actually kind of sweeter to keep it going, even though it's like can get, you know, a little frustrating. Um, I don't know. I just I just think that that's made it more rewarding. I mean, we've got seven mixed pairs world titles and we were so good. And, th- and that in of itself is very gratifying, too. And you know, when you stick with one partner as well, like, I mean, you know, the exact spot, their, their full exact range where the set needs to be like, it's that stuff becomes so ingrained, so familiar. Um, yeah, there's one other thing about routine building that I didn't bring up too. And that is that like, by the end of my career, if you can say that it might be like somewhat over in terms of competitive, um, I would never go to a tournament without my full list of every indie I was going to do, like every indie mapped out. Everything was always written down. I'm just a planner, I guess. But um, that's always what worked better for me. And then, you know, the irony is, right, it's freestyle because when I go play for fun, I'm so not like that. Like, it's just totally the opposite. Like, I can't wait for something really weird to happen. I wish I was also a little more able to allow things to, to happen on the field. I feel like I'm kind of in a in a bit, you know, I get, I've gotten into a bit of a rut, just maybe because of my age. But when it comes to competing, it was always, you know, for me, it was always structure. So you've played in 
a lot of high-level tournaments and pressure-packed moments. So can you talk about your process and frame of mind right before you would go on? Yeah, I wish I wish it was easier. Um, I've always been a bit of a nervous person. But one thing that comes to mind, and, and it's, um, it's freestyle-related too, but I, uh, I do a lot of visualizing. So, like, for example if I'm trying to memorize a routine and the best workout I can get that day is to like be on, you know, the elliptical machine at the gym while I'm on the elliptical machine, I have my eyes closed and I'm thinking about my routine. <laughs> I'm like going through my routine. I remember one time doing that in the U S open. I don't remember the year, but I think I was down by like one or two strokes in the disc golf U S open finals and it's only nine holes right at La Mirada Park and I couldn't sleep the night before because I'm nervous and I really wanted to win I wanted to beat Annie <laughs> so I just spent the whole night visualizing what I was going to do and you know what happened is the next day I got out there and I did it wow that's cool <laughs> visualization is powerful it has been for me I wish that I could do what I visualize now. <laughs> that much anymore. God, so true. <laughs> it's interesting that you say you were nervous because uh, you always seem so calm to me. Uh, yeah, I guess that's a bit of the fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're My very good at it. Telling me that I was calm. <laughs> uh, thank you, though. That's good. So, Amy, I've heard people call you the dude or just dude, and I guess that that's your nickname. So I'm curious, is there a story behind that? Where did it come from? Yeah, um, I love that nickname. Um, I wish it meant that I was such a great athlete, I was like a guy, but that is not where it came from. It was it was backfire from when I first started playing Ultimate with the Safari San Diego women's team. I didn't know everybody's name, right? Because I lived in LA and I was down for the weekend. So I would be saying, I'd be running, making a big cut. Dude, I'm open. Dude, I'm open. Dude. So it backfired to me and they started to call me dude. And I just have always loved that nickname. I use it whenever I can. That's awesome. Dude. Dude. So, and it's not the, the, the dude like the dude from The Big Lebowski, even though that character is kind of cool because he's kind of like philosophical. Yeah, you don't need a the. You are dude. Not the <laughs> dude. You're just dude. Just dude. And it just was a backfire from yelling to my teammates, dude, I'm open, dude. And they just decided the Safari Women's Ultimate Club decided to call me dude. So it's always stuck. And I, I love it. And Rodney Sanchez calls me Duda, which actually, I guess, is a Sanskrit term for, a, you know, the female version of dude. So I'll take it. I love having a nickname because um, it's always just endearing. So you talk about your son, Brady, and uh, crazy that he's 19 years old now. So, you know, having a son is tough work and, and he has his own interests. So uh, what impact does having two very successful freestyle parents have on a child and child rearing experience? I mean, that, it really messed him up. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I mean, Brady is a, you know, the kid's a monster. I mean, I don't know if it's just that I'm so proud of a mom, but, um, you know, because we kind of abandoned him a lot on the, on the field or the beach or something, he's really learned how to be super independent and creative. And, um, you know, he just completed his first year in college. He's in three different bands that he's, uh, his current band glean it has uh five songs on spotify that have a lot of hits i mean he's an excellent drummer he's just uh you know i know it's just me being a mom i mean but it, it's really turned out well i'm i'm super stoked i'm proud of that kid brady's a very successful young adult but he's not a flying disc athlete so i wonder if you have any insights into why he didn't follow in your footsteps yeah, well, I think we should have spent more time in Germany because when we were there, <laughs> he was so inspired by all the all the players in Berlin, um, in Cologne, all the players. But in particular, we spent a lot of time in those two cities. So he's he's actually got really good frisbee skills. And I've heard tell that when he goes to the beach here in San Diego, he might be seen throwing frisbee. But he doesn't come out and play, you know, competitive freestyle with us. It was his freshman year in college this year. And so I thought that there was a chance he was going to hook up with the UCSD Ultimate Club. But he didn't do that, um, which is okay, You know, so there's plenty of time. He's 19 years old if he wants to do athletics. Um, But he's a musician. He's very dedicated to to his music. He's uh, an excellent percussionist and uh, pretty good guitarist by now. That's interesting, too, because I say he didn't follow in your footsteps, but Dave is a musician, so he is following in Dave's footsteps in a way. They share a lot in common. Um, Brady took like an AP music class, right, you know, in high school and did very well in it. Um, And they both can just talk about all the different scales and Ionic, and I don't want to misspeak, but you know, again, kind of like breaking it down and how to write a good melody and stuff. So, my favorite song um, that Brady wrote, and he's the drummer that plays in there um, in his project Glean, G L E A N, is Evanston, which is, um, you know, has a lyrical content that's uh, very personal for me. So, check out that song. I'll have to link it in the show notes too. Okay, thank you. Um, so let, let's twist this question around a little bit. So we're talking about the impact to Brady of having flying disc parents, but what was the impact to you and your goals as a competitive athlete when you got married and then had a child? Well, Dave and I got married late. We, you know, we weren't in our early 20s getting married and having a baby. We were in our late 30s getting married, having a baby. So... Um, I think that timing was pretty intentional, kind of have kind of had had a chance to experience a lot of things. Because once you have a, a child, especially a young child, it's like, you know, it's not going to be the same experience going to a Frisbee tournament, you know. Um, certainly, I wasn't going to be playing overall and, you know, carting my kid out there. We always brought Brady when we went. We just went to fewer events. Sometimes Dave would travel by himself and go compete in the tournaments and stuff. And I've always thought that that was really important because it's just, you know, he gets, he derives so much joy and satisfaction. Um, And he's 
still super competitive, Dave. So um, I want to allow him to keep doing that. And that meant sometimes me not going. And that's fine. I mean, really now for me, it's like, I just want to jam. You know, I just want to have that, the the joy, the kind of like, I live in, a, I'm really lucky. I live in San Diego near the beach and it's beautiful. So um, when I go play, I only play at the beach. It's a really peaceful, amazing workout. So that's, that's where it is for me now. Yes, Amy, I totally understand the joy of the jam. And I feel like I have had that light bulb moment for myself about competing really not that long ago. And I just find that now freestyle for me is really getting lost in the jam and in the moment. And I know, Jake, you and I have talked about how it is our meditative space and that we go there to clear our mind. Yep, totally. Um, For me, I think for me, it's always been about the jam. I remember even early on in my competitive career having conversations with people about, you know, the real reason that I come to this tournament is because afterwards we have this amazing jam with all of my best friends and we're all really good and we just don't get to do this on a regular basis. And so I'm totally there too. It uh, it helps me escape. It helps me disconnect from all the stress of life and... Uh, It's uh, one of the things that I really love about freestyle. Yes, I could not agree with you more. And on that note, Jake, I will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville, shooting the Frisbees, and live streaming freestyle Frisbee.